This is Coffee with Karina, and here's your host, Karina Michelle. Hi, and welcome back. This episode is part of our series in Authority Magazine on filmmakers making a social impact. I had the pleasure of interviewing filmmakers Serena Ryan and Ethan Itzgal of Schmeff Films. Their stories aim to ignite empathy and galvanize action towards social justice. Their newest film, High Score, sheds light on the threat of white supremacy in America and was staffed almost entirely by females and artists from communities affected by this. Take a listen. Karina. You guys look great. I love this setup. Oh, nice. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna do video, but I'm leaving this okay. on there. Wow. <laughs> My <No>. favorite. <laughs> Glad it's working out. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. You guys are well too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We've been very lucky during the pandemic. So we've been very chill. Yeah. Very safe. Yeah. It's been very good. Good. And you're in New York? Normally we are in New York. Right now we're um, in Boulder, Colorado. So oh, like waiting yeah. things out until New York calms itself down a little bit. Hence it yeah, feeling nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love uh, Colorado. It is so chill out there. It's so yeah. beautiful. We spent like the first four or five months of the pandemic in New York City, but we were in a 300 square foot apartment. Oh my gosh. So we were like, <laughs> we're gonna just leave oh. for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, oh. we're yeah, at least you can go into nature and stuff out. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Thanks for doing this, guys. Oh, thanks totally. for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And thank you again for the Authority and Thrive interviews. We, we love doing those. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, those are a lot of fun to see. So yeah, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about like how you started out and how you both started as filmmakers and how you met as well? Yeah, sure. We met through a mutual friend. This may or may not have been clear from our work, but we're also engaged as as well as co-creators. Thank you. And we met through a mutual friend who thought we would hit it off and we did. And we both started as actors. We are both actors. Ethan had written plays that had been produced. Yeah, I'd written uh, one X plays that have been produced, full length plays, little snippets of videos, things like that. So I had always been a writer and we had both worked a lot on set as actors and had started working on set as some crew positions. Mm -hmm. And then... And so I was actually out of town for a long stretch of time doing an acting contract at the Cincinnati Playhouse. And Ethan came to visit me and I don't even remember like how we started writing or, or why we started developing. Well, for Do you remember, our f- yes, oh, for okay. our first <laughs> film, for our first film, Cashed, my agent really wanted to see new people, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get Serena in with my new agent. This is going to be uh, great, right? Yeah. But she only took people that had like really professional, real material, which, film and TV reels, which because I yes. was predominantly in theater, I didn't have sure. any. Yeah. So, we started writing scenes. Serena came up oh, with like a little right. scene right. list on her phone and we started writing scenes. Oh. Then we thought, oh, the best way to make something look like it comes from a movie is to make a movie and then just take right. the scene from it. Uh-huh. Right. So it, it snowballed from there. We originally That's had expected so cool. just to write like a small scene and it became a film, which has wow. done very well and is streaming on um, Amazon Prime now, actually. 
That's awesome. It's funny. My husband and I, we both met as actors. So I'm very Mm -hmm. familiar with the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. I know it's so smart to do that, to make your own content anyway. And you guys have obviously been really successful at it too, which is great. Thank you. I will say that a big component of our film so far is our cinematographer, Jorge Arzak. He, He doesn't help us like develop the idea from the ground up or anything, but his artistic inputs have always made our work go from 80, 90 to 150. Oh, he's an elevator for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's so important to have a good cinematographer on. I always like, it's almost not the most important, but it's up there for sure. Yes. Yeah. Any challenges with working together? Oh, sure. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) let's get to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite like analogies for creative work that a friend of mine uh, said once is that like filmmaking or creating anything together is like the Mario video game where you're like trying to keep on a straight path. The obstacles keep popping yeah. up, the stools and the, whatever, all these problems that you have <laughs> right. to cre- creatively get over together. So we've come yeah. to call ourselves aggressive problem solvers. Yeah. Ah. And yeah. I, I will say that one of our biggest strengths and one of our biggest obstacles is that we often experience the same portion of text in completely opposite ways. Oh, sure. So we'll be story editing for a friend's project and they'll be asking for feedback and I'll give one set of feedback and she'll give another set of feedback. And at least one or two of the points within that feedback will be polar opposites, which actually I think works in our favor. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because then you get, you know, different viewpoints and Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when we do align... It's, mentally or you it's know, good right yeah exactly you're really <laughs> on the right track mm-hmm. I would say like another challenge too with pandemic life is when you live and work and play and create together all in the same space that is its own sort of like weird hurdle that I'm sure a lot of people are yeah. dealing with right now whether creatively or just interpersonally how For do you sure. live and work how, how do you do all of that and, and compartmentalize yeah. the time properly? It's tricky. It takes some getting used to. It's funny because my husband and I, we work from home and he's one end of the house and I'm the other. And it just, I like it that way. He's always, can't you just be in the same room and we can have our desk next week? And I'm like, we did that. And I literally felt like I was losing my mind. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yes, yes, totally. That was, I feel like part of our motivation for coming out to Boulder for a little while because yeah. in New York, our workspace is one space. In a uh-huh. railroaded apartment. Oh, works when you can go out into the world and have time apart during the day. But we, we felt the exact same way. We were like, okay, we need a door that we can close. When you're just done. It's like yeah. you need your own time. Yeah, totally. Did you feel like, I know for me, like I, I have a definite like empathy with the actors that, mm-hmm. you know, we now cast and that come on because you understand where they're coming from. And how do you feel like that has helped you going from the acting? Um, I would say that it's always good for any artist in any field to get a well-rounded education about everyone else's job. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, at least myself personally, even ever since I got involved with theater at 14, 15, I've always done both sides on stage, off stage. I do think it's really helpful for actors to understand everyone else's position and everyone else's responsibilities, not yeah. just to give you a better sense of what your job and responsibilities are, but to have empathy for the other people. Like as an actor, mm-hmm. you'll sit on set waiting for hours. And if you're not being empathetic or cognizant to the other people, you're thinking, oh my God, I'm waiting for hours. What a waste of my time. The reason you're waiting for hours is because there's a lot of problems to solve. So the more films we make, the more empathetic I get for everyone else in the process. Mm, Like they have a lot of challenges to solve. Mm -hmm. And I I would say that 
The flip side of that is that as a director, here, let me rewind and say that as a working actor, it's common to experience a director who maybe doesn't speak the same language as the actor. Mm -hmm. And it's often like a great gift when the actor gets to work with a director who does speak the actor's yes. language. Mm -hmm. And so as a director, I feel like having a background in acting is invaluable. High score was my first time directing. And I felt like one of my greatest assets was the fact that I could speak to the actors in their own language because right. I've done that. Exactly. <laughs> it's easy. It just comes naturally. And I yeah. think it's such a great skill to have when you really, and they, they feel it too. They know that uh -huh. you're on their side. Oh, totally. Yeah. I will say with casting, one thing that was very interesting is you, we sent out three casting calls for high score because we were trying to find very particular people mm -hmm. for the uh, supporting roles. And I will say that a lot of our friends who are artists of color talk about the casting process and like their mm -hmm. challenges. And for this film, when we sent out three casting applications, three casting notices on three sites, we really got to see what they were talking about. Really? Like we were casting Latinx or Latine, whichever gender neutral term you prefer, a uh, uh, woman for the film. And there were a surprising and disturbing number of white people who could not speak Spanish, who felt in, like, who submitted to that. I, yeah, I've had the same thing. I've like, had the oh. same thing happen. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it was really, I think it's really useful. I think every white or conditionally white slash white passing artist should even just put up a casting call to see what happens so mm -hmm. that when your friends tell you like, oh, I can't get in the room because they just staffed it with a bunch of white people, even though the character's like Chinese, you'll believe yeah. them because it happens really, really yeah. easily. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit here, Serena, I know you had this great story about an audition that you auditioned for. And this, this really, I was cracking up so hard. I really <laughs> fell for you because I've been there. But yeah, go ahead. Tell us what happened. Yeah. So if I'm correct in which story I think you're talking about, I went to an audition as an actor, or rather this one was for a fitness model thing. And uh, so normally you get to audition, as I'm sure you, Karina, individually, yeah. right? Uh -huh. You go into a room with just the casting personnel and you do your thing. It's relatively private. Yeah. But this one, I walked in and every model, every actor who was there to audition was lined up in one big room and uh, fully watching everybody else audition. Uh -huh. And the audition itself consisted of doing burpees, which if nobody <laughs> knows, it's like jumping in the air. And then yeah, that's a tough move too. <laughs> it's really tough. And they had not told <laughs> in advance that that's what we'd no. be doing. Oh, they never do. They never <laughs> no. do. What is but that of course, Oh, I know. And the one thing they did ask for in advance is that the, the females auditioning would be dressed in a sports bra. Mm -hmm. So I, I obliged somewhat begrudgingly because I tend to... <laughs> I tend to be a little prude. No. <laughs> and in the middle of the burpees, of course, boom, out pops. I believe it was my left boob. <laughs> and uh, of course, they're recording the whole audition oh, as well. Oh, that's right. You know, oh, my the director's gosh. not there or whatever. And so here it is. Here's my boob fully on, on screen for this casting personnel. I oh. popped it back in as fast <laughs> as I could. <laughs> I just awesome. hope nobody noticed, but I'm I'm sure some some casting assistant had a fun time with that tape. After. Oh my god, it's a nightmare. That's a nightmare situation. <laughs> I've had some horror stories too with auditioning and stuff. But anytime you go to one of those, there's been a few times where I've gone and it's a room full of fitness models. It never ends well. I'm just like I'm not the muscly like that, that's oh, their yeah. life. Yeah. And no, nothing against that, but it's just oh, and it's never a good thing. So yeah, but. so when you think, what the hell am I doing? Exactly, here? what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to leave now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> no, it's when you hope they're they're over as fast as possible. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it sounds like you handled it though. Oh God. I, I did not get the job. So. You did. <laughs> but you tried. You put in 110 percent. Gave the show. <laughs> oh man. So was it always a focus? Like when you guys started out together, was it always a focus to work on things that would promote social change? It's a good question. I, I feel like it's happened maybe unintentionally, like with Cashed, we did not necessarily set out to write something that had anything to do with like the marijuana legalization discussion. Or the economic situation for the average millennial yeah. strapped with student debt and low wages. But mm-hmm. just, I guess we set out to write something funny, <laughs> but yeah. I guess just because of our reality and, and we tend to write from life or rather we take life and tend to push it into the slightly ridiculous it just un- unfolded that way and but high score however i think was very intentionally social justice minded right. i remember when we started developing it ethan had turned to me and said i want to make a movie about hate uh, yeah. specifically because of all the mass shootings that had been going on and yeah for high scores specifically we were showing cashed at the TCL Chinese Theater in Los Angeles as part of a film festival, which we, we won, which was very nice. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Congrats. Thanks. And while we were doing that, the Poway Synagogue shooting happened like oh, the same day. My gosh. And yeah. um, that was six months to the day after the Pittsburgh Tree of Life massacre. Wow. And which, of course, was only a few months after another shooting, which was only a few months after another shooting. And it's, it just, it's awful. Yeah. It, yeah. It got to a point where we won that film festival. We got a camera rental package and some production software. And we said, that's a sign from the universe. We got to make something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do something about the current situation. Yeah. At the right. time, we were we were um, actually performing together in an international tour of a musical overseas. Oh, wow. So we couldn't be, we weren't in the United States and, and we felt very distanced from all the turmoil that we were watching yeah. unfolding in our home. And we were like, we're not physically there. We can't protest in the streets. We can't march. My senator never calls me back. Yeah, the senator yeah. never calls back. <laughs> no, what the hell? <laughs> but we were like, what can we do? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. You guys, they're definitely pretty heavy topics. I was reading through that, but they're important. And I think that hopefully going forward, these things are going to improve. But I've never heard of the topic in high score. I was reading a little bit about it this morning. Were you ever at any point concerned that it may bring like negative awareness to it or they would use it? Every single step of the process. Okay, tell me about that because I, sometimes these these things that come up, these topics and if you feel that fear, Mm -hmm. should I really be doing this? But what did you guys feel and how did you get through it? From day one, our goal was to not spread hate speech or create a character that those on the far right or those extremists might identify with in a way that would be beneficial to them. We base the character, of course, on these archetypes of of these dozens of different mass shooters, but Mm -hmm. took specific steps to make sure that there wouldn't be a centralized figure to glorify. That's why the main character actually doesn't have a name. He's the only character. Oh, he doesn't. I haven't seen it. So, okay. And just for like reference, not to bash Joker or anything, because, mm-hmm. you know, it was an enjoyable movie, but something that did occur with the movie Joker, if you saw that with Joaquin Phoenix, yes, is that yeah. after that Great came movie. out, there were hordes of alt-right, I would say trolls on the internet, 
who really did identify with that character and, and used him as a masthead, I guess. A mascot, if yeah. you will. Yeah. I remember like, that. Yeah. We are Joker. We are Joker. And that's really what we did not want to happen with right. this character in high score. So we do feature almost every single visual asset in the film that contains racist ideas or imagery. Mm -hmm. We took from the internet, made sure that copyright law would be on our side, of course, oh, okay. but we took from the internet and we painstakingly waded through hundreds, if not thousands of assets to say like, this pushes the, the story forward. This is hate, hate speech uh -huh. for no reason. Get right. rid of that. So we had to painstakingly pick and choose what words we use, mm -hmm. what esoteric language we use from these extremist communities, because we did a lot of research in their native spaces like 4chan and vote, things like that. Wow. And we, of course, brought on a big team, our producers, our cinematographer, they all gave input on the script and input on the visual assets. And specifically as to whether or not they felt like they're being used properly in the film okay. and, and like essentially here's the research as opposed to does it just feel like more propagating of hate right speech? right because right. there is a certain amount of imagery that you need to show to put forward the ideas we put forward in the film that this character yeah. is being radicalized to a racist extremist conspiracy theory so you, you have need to see how that happens you have to see how that happens but at the same time there's no reason to be egregious with your use of found hate memes. I'm sure it's a fine line. Do we really, does this need to be in there? What kind of makes it into the film? Yes, and exactly. I, I will say in terms of trying not to punch down because we are white or white passing artists. So we did focus heavily on the anti-Semitic elements mm -hmm. of the conspiracy theory because I am Jewish mm -hmm. and I felt for lack of a better word, a little bit more permission to show hate speech that's directed at me. <laughs> so Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes total yeah. sense. Wow. What about projects going forward? Do you have anything like along that similar lines or where are you guys going from here as far as? Yeah, well, so right now, High Score is going through the festival circuit. So that's taking a lot of our attention right now. And we're seeking distribution for high score as well. Uh, mm. Ultimately, we'd love to be able to utilize it for like educational purposes, if there's an organization that feels they can utilize it that oh, way. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. As far as other projects go, we are in the very early stages of developing a comedic series that oh. I won't share too many very details different. about. Very yeah. different. Very different. <laughs> After about two years of working on comedy. high score, we were like, fuck, we really need to laugh. <laughs> I will say that the we started this company, Schmidt Films, which of course made high score. And our motto is purpose-driven entertainment. Mm -hmm. So while the show is very comedic it's and very funny, it's going to tackle some serious issues, racism, labor rights, but it's going to do it in a more kind of superstore way. If you've seen that show where you're getting a real good time, you don't even know you're getting the lessons until you think about the episode. It comes through. I love those projects though, because it allows you to like maybe capture a little bit different of an audience than you usually yeah. would. But they're like, oh, it's a comedy when in reality, you're going to get all these other things. That come yeah, on. totally. <laughs> and it feels like the world needs to laugh right now. And so aside from that, we also do a lot of script consultations and story editing, which if anybody, if any of your listeners are interested in, in utilizing those services, you can reach out yeah. to us on schmehfilms.com, which is S-C-H-M-E-H films.com.
Got it. And how about any other social media handles? Or are you guys yeah. do all those? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So high score is at high score film on Instagram. You can find both high score and cached on Facebook. And cached is cached film on Instagram as well. What else? Uh, there's so I, many, right? I know. I'm the same way. And everyone always is, oh God, what are the names? Yeah. <laughs> I will link them too. I'll put them on the podcast. Okay. And awesome. it just will also go on the Authority Magazine link. Oh, sweet. Oh, article. You, you can find a very cool full of awesome pictures Instagram at Serena Ryan's handle. At Serena Ryan. <laughs> yes, you can. I've seen this. <laughs> I concur. And then you can find a very poorly curated with some interesting pictures at Ethan Itzkow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I'll check. I'll check yours out too, just in case. And I'm missing something. All right. All right. Great talking to you guys. I, I wish you guys both the best. Thank you so much, Karina. This has been such a pleasure. This was fun. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, and thanks so much for listening to this episode. I really want to say thank you to everyone who has subscribed and also reached out to me by email. Uh, Even if you're just letting me know how much you enjoy it or how it's helped you, um, it's pretty awesome. And uh, it really means a lot to me and it's just pushing me to do more interviews and storytelling. So uh, we were recently nominated for an award, very exciting, and we're in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide. That one I didn't see coming. (laughs) If you have a chance to review us, we'd greatly appreciate it as that's how people find us online. But you can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. Have a great week and we'll see you back here soon.